Hi, you guys, and welcome to TrailerCast. I am Elise Snipes, your host, and I am super thrilled to let you in on today's conversation. I sit down with my friend Jen. She is a woman that I met at a house in Dana Point when she came to one of my weekend retreats that I lead. So a lot of our conversation circles around her journey through weekends and then the things that she has uncovered and done since that with a post-quarantine flair. So here's Jen's prompt. This is what she read to me, and this is where we started. I am learning that being a people pleaser is not a sustainable way to thrive. There are a million voices in my soul that scream at me, tightening my chest and making my heart race as I navigate the day. Did I say the right thing? It's best to be invisible so you don't bother others or look boastful. So stay out of sight and out of mind. Am I smart enough to be in this conversation? What if they find out I'm an idiot? Don't show weakness or your pain because you will only burden others. There have been so many little moments that have helped me progress through these things and a few big aha moments too. I am a work in progress, however. I find that my journey can be a bit of a roller coaster ride and I'm hoping to find more highs than lows as I move forward. good to see you it has been way too long <laughs> i will i can tell you i will never forget that first moment when i saw you at that weekend's house in dana point and i just felt like oh we're gonna have some fun <laughs> <laughs> that, that that weekend um it's amazing how many things have changed mm. in my life since that weekend and just um it's been it's been really really good i think it's a lot of those tools and resources have helped me get through even this time right now, which is crazy time. Oh, crazy yeah. time. You know, this is insanity. Right right now we're in a non-real world. <laughs> Very much so. So how are the kids doing? Oh, they're good and crazy. I kind of want to keep them that way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think the thing that my dad loves most about me is that my husband and I dress up like pirates and travel around the nation and go to Jimmy Buffett concert. Like, he couldn't be prouder. Right. right. <laughs> and there's times where I look at my kids doing something that might be super odd. And I'm like, oh, look at you being yourself. Exactly. <laughs> so good. Just celebrate every yeah. minute of it. Yeah. I, my dad, like, he's just like, yep, you always were weird. And I loved every minute of it. And of course, my twin sister and I were always competing for who could be the most outrageous. And he was the winner. He got to watch the whole thing <laughs> and still does. I love it. I love it. Oh, I'm well, happy to see so you. So many exciting things have been going on with the collective and yeah. all of the, oh, it's exciting. It's, you know, it's, I think what it is, it's my, it's like matching my own freedom and being willing to just keep creating and pushing forward and allowing, allowing every part of me to be free, my work to be free, myself to be free. And I'm like, oh, I just, I want it in every space I'm in. Oh, that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Now, hopefully, um, I'm excited for October in Bali. I just am putting all of that like positive sense of like, Mm -hmm. it's a wild women's retreat. Every woman who has signed up is wild. So I imagine that everyone's going to be like, get me on the plane. I don't even care. 
I will fly I'm there. <laughs> Every single day I get that, I'm like, hmm, is it is the time right to buy my ticket? Mm-hmm. Um, am I gonna like treat myself and go business class? <laughs> or I, I've even gone on YouTube and I look at the videos of people who do like seat geek and seat guru Ooh, I where love. they and they like ha- they video their food and the wine selection and how spacious their seats are. And so I literally watch YouTube and pretend I'm flying to Bali. I think that you're the most brilliant woman I've ever met. And I'm going to be doing that later tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, it's amazing. I did one because I was trying to figure out. I am somebody who, um, because my husband's six foot four, I normally get the middle seat. Yeah. So I'm somebody who's always checking out the airplane. Like, where can I be the most comfortably squished on the plane? Like, which plane? And then we pick our flights accordingly. It's perfect. That's perfect. I love it. Oh, Yay. yeah. So tell me about today. Yeah. What, what, okay. um, what, what's the focus? The focus on today is letting people eavesdrop on a just totally raw conversation um, I'm gonna. I'll copy and paste your prompt in here as well. By the way, this was what you originally emailed to me, so that way we can just see it. And if we want to start with that, we will. And if you're like, no, we're going somewhere else today, then we'll just go somewhere else today. But I think my overall heart and vision is this: just like at weekends, it's like I think sometimes we think what we need, and so we've been going after what we think we need for a very long time. And then we're like, okay, fine. I'll just show up and go to this weird weekends thing. Or I'll just sign on and have this weird conversation with this therapist who works out of a trailer. And I might see along the way that what I thought I needed is just tied up in my old stuff. But what I needed was someone just maybe just to be provide a place for me to be honest and real and cared for. And then I realized I had everything that I needed. And mm-hmm. I know which way to go. Oh, it's interesting to even see going into it, the preconceived notion of like the choosing of the word, like what is the word I'm focusing on and what do I want to bring forward? How mine completely changed to something different through the experience. Um, Because again, part of that transformation was recognizing my word had more to do with what I wanted the outside world to see Mm -hmm. of me versus who I want to be in and of myself. Mm -hmm. And it was so strange to look at it because when I looked up at the end of the weekend, when I looked at the word that I had chosen at the beginning of the weekend, it didn't even make sense to me. Like, why would I even even thought that word? Like, Whoa. where did that come from? Like, who was that yeah. woman who chose that word? Like, I don't know her. Oh, much. Oh, yeah. Do you? It was such an interesting thing. Do you remember which what your word was at the beginning? Um, the word was confident. Okay. And then I changed it to fulfilled. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So just to, we'll clue in some clue in people. Maybe I'll clue them in later. But like at the transformative part of weekends is helping to identify a word that feels true that might summarize or it, it hold the wholeness of what I want and need. And so we start with a word, right? And then we, as we do the work, sometimes that word shifts, and often it does to reflect the actual thing. Oh, yeah. Like the evidence of the work, what actually happened. So fulfilled. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It's such um, and it's such a great word because just even saying it, it reminds me of all the richness I have in my life. Yeah. Things that I wasn't allowing myself to really absorb and enjoy. And it's almost like when you put it out there and you look at it and you're like, I'm I am fulfilled. And all of a sudden you're like, you're right, I am. Mm. Mm. it's like it's like a target oh yeah like proclamation (laughs) as well as like declaration (laughs) Mm -hmm. oh yeah 
That's cool. So it's been good. It's really, it's um, interesting because my, just even from the perspective of my business, all of these things, it's just, it's, it's been useful. Oh, I have my stumbles. I still have my work. Oh, that's that's just being a human. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it all. I got lots of work. It's good. (laughs) What do you want to work on in conversation today? Um, I think kind of taking a further step. I think I have acknowledged some of, you know, some of the things that I was dealing with before had a lot to do with the importance of being liked, Mm -hmm. the importance of what other people's perceptions of me are and were, um, that combination of, is it worse to be invisible or worse to not be seen? Like, which is the lesser of two evils and really kind of trying to balance those two things out. And I've been driving more towards saying yes to opportunities that put me in positions where um, I may make a more widely known mistake in front of a bigger audience. Um, But it's also allowed me to feel like it's okay to be human and connect with other people. And so I'm still grappling a little bit with the it's here's my safe place and saying yes to opportunities that would put me um, in an executive women's networking group or up on a stage where I'm giving a speech in front of other professionals Mm -hmm. or chiming in where I should be asking questions on topics that I don't know the answer to. But I feel like I've always felt like, well, you better damn well know the answer to the question before you ask it and realizing that it's, I got to start to balance a little bit better about, um, when are when and what are the right opportunities and how I can kind of continue to tame that inner like I I have tums on my oh. desk. Oh. I get I get so much anxiety. Yeah. And it's like, how can I tame that beast without having to worry about making sure I'm popping tums ten minutes totally. after I got up that presentation? That's right. And I know it's because this yeah. and this yeah. are scared. Yeah. And it's okay to be a little scared mm-hmm. and I'm glad I'm up there and that's something I wasn't doing before, but how can I make being up there um, more comfortable yes. and maybe more confident than yes. and still saying, not saying yes to as much as I should. Oh, totally. Oh man. Okay. I'm taking a million notes because I don't want to forget a word of what you're saying because it's crucial. Okay. <laughs> it's also so highly relatable, right? So we're talking about invisible invisibility versus being unseen. Um, and I definitely want to go into that, but also the amount of like women in a professional space who are having to debunk so much of their old narrative in order to be willing to stand up onto a stage, which when I step on a stage that says, I know something, which is why I'm up here, which is already bold mm-hmm. in and of itself. Okay. Uh-huh. And then while I'm up there in real time, then my old narrative really starts poking at me. Okay. Even okay. though I've done all this work and now I'm like, wait, I thought I did this work. Exactly. Like, I, thought we, I thought we covered this. I definitely like, like, this. Okay. okay. <laughs> so we're going to we're going to take that in three parts. Okay. Okay. First part that I like I like see immediately is the difference between invisibility and not being seen is the power of a chosen role. When I choose to be invisible, I'm not seen, but I chose it. When I am unseen, I didn't choose it. Mm-hmm. And so there's a powerlessness which can be ugh, gutting. Okay? Yeah. 
but depending on, and this is the second part, what is actually safer for me? Is it safer for me to actually be an unseen victim? Or is it safer for me to be a person who is powerfully choosing invisibility? And I think we... Very good questions. (laughs) (laughs) And thus the topics of why therapy is super important. Well, and you and I both know, sometimes it's situational. There's certain circumstances that take you right back into a place where... um, in the chosen invisibility is the safest place you could be. Yes. Um, but then you find yourself, it's kind of like um, that juxtaposition between, I want to stay out of the way. I, I don't want to be in this in this moment. It's too much for me. Yes. And hey, I'm right here. Does not, doesn't anybody know I'm here? And well, I've got something to say and worried about getting talked over and not being part of something. And then reconciling your brain. Well, did I put myself in this position mm-hmm. because I've allowed myself to be invisible? Is this my own fault? Mm-hmm. And how do I fix it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so you end up in this circle of where where am I going and, and did I put myself in this position or not? Yes, yes. Jen. And what you're also hitting on something too, which is, so we all have our own little like eddy or like that whirlpool of our thoughts where we end up that tends to play like a cyclical track, which is clearly something's wrong with me. Like, like, yeah, no matter which disruptive thought, the obvious eddy that I'm stuck here is that like, am I doing this to myself? Like, it's got to be me. Like, it's me. So that's one obvious eddy. And then if we're maybe able to emerge out of that and keep going down the river, then we can get sucked into another one, which is like, um, it's always been this way. It'll always be this way. Right. Yeah. I mean, we can, we can just keep on traveling that way. So the challenge is we mistake the eddy for the river. And we think yeah. that that is actual, and then we just stay there. We don't realize that we're even swirling in that space, which is kind of like begging your question of like, how do I feel more comfortable up there? Like, how do I get out of that space in real time on a stage in front of professional people, my peers? Yeah. <laughs> I think the hard thing too, is it comes down to like from, from a general business perspective, Mm -hmm. what I do for a living is a very mature business model. I'm in staffing. I find people jobs. There are a lot of competitors in the space. There are a lot of people who have tremendous experience. And so there's also that what, what unique thing am I bringing to the table? What aha Mm -hmm. moment am I going to be able to give it? Because I can't just get up there and like do a good job. I've got to get up there and be exceptional. I want to be wowed. I want people to go, whoa, these aha moments, because it's not enough just to be enough, which is another problem we've got to deal with. Sometimes it's enough just to be enough, right? But it's, it's that narrative in my head. And I realized I was actually, I did this um, LinkedIn live event, which I, again, something I would have never said yes to before. And I remember one of the questions was, so how do you differentiate yourself in an arena that has so many competitors? And I thought there's, there's only one me, mm. there's only one subset of experiences and the personalities and the, the traits that come together between myself and my team. Yes. There is no other team like that. And there are certain attributes about that chemistry, that recipe that resonate with people who will connect and trust and want to buy. And that's not duplicated. So there's going to be people that our competitors have that recipe that resonates with somebody else. And so you really don't have to compete. You just have to be yourself and be true and authentic to that and show that to other people. And they'll either be drawn to it or rejected from it. And you have to just keep following that path. Right. And I'm like, holy, 
crap, how did I come up with that answer? Because it's true. Because it's what you know. Yeah. At a moment on a LinkedIn Live, mind you, this is not a pre-recorded <laughs> video where you're like, let me say my, bo- my most brilliant things, okay? This is in real time, right? And it's- right, You don't yeah. have your notebook yeah. with everything written yeah. down. <laughs> this is, and this is something that, this is, I think the answer to the question, how am I more comfortable, is, is sparsing out the difference between what I remember and what I know. What I remember yeah. when I get on stage is all the other times I've been on stage and how anxious I am. What I know is that I'm a brilliant, badass woman who knows how to answer a question because I'm full of fire and I am who I am. (laughs) And I need that narrative. I need to find, and that's something maybe I need to do when I know I have these events Mm -hmm. coming up, really sitting down and going back to, this is who you are. This is why you're here. This is why you were asked to be here. This is not an accident. You're not a time filler. You're not a fluffer. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you're here for a reason. Yeah, you're the main and, event. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and those are those pieces that it, I think also practice makes perfect. Let's face it. There are very few people who get up on a stage and do public speaking that are like, yay, it's going to be flawless. And everybody's going to be paying attention a hundred percent to everything I say. And yeah. It's going to be transformative. Right. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Jen, have you taken Enneagram? Did we figure out? Yes. Yes. In fact, do, 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 do. Think of, oh my gosh. Yeah. See, pull it up if you have, have it or think about it. Yeah, I have it for sure. So, um, the, yeah. you search on all mumble. Um, what is striking me is that there is a difference in your knowing what I know up here intellectually. And then when I'm actually in my body and myself and what I know, no, no, what I know by experience mm-hmm. and my own expertise. So, there's this there's this soundtrack that's going on upstairs, right? Which is all these mm-hmm. like, and yeah, you do know those things. So you have experienced those things. But all of a sudden, like when you drop into your body and you're like, did I just say that? Like that actually sounded really good. It's like, yeah, like, wow, yeah. I can impress. So my Enneagram, um, so I had th- four that were all within a point of each other. Okay. Um, I scored the highest um, type two, the helper. Mm-hmm. I'm tied with type seven, the enthusiast. Mm-hmm. And then I had one, one point difference for type three, the achiever and type eight, the challenger. Excellent. Okay. It, it's, um, it, that's definitely worth mining, especially from a business perspective because of how it affects the way in which we are driven and motivated and achieve or move right. As people in business, um, the, I'm going to operate off the seven for a moment because there are a lot of qualities within seven, which have emerged like even in our time together, which is like Uh a sense of I am here for it. I'm also way up in my head. (laughs) (laughs) There's a party going on up here. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All my voices are in, are talking right now. (laughs) Yes. Okay. And so part of this is, is like at some point, we have to get out of that spot because this is not where solution is happening. The brain yeah. is not where you're solving. That's where you're stressing. Okay. So very much. So. <laughs> if we know that this is where I go to obsess, fixate, um, maybe punish myself, maybe collect all the evidence and data of everything that's ever gone wrong in the p- potential scenario of all the other times I've shown up in a place like this, at, at some point, then this isn't working in the way it needs to in order to get me unstuck. So the other yeah. things you do have access to are your heart and your body. So 
instead of what do I think, again, what do I know, what do I feel, what's in my gut, or what the heck is going on in my body? Oh, yeah. Hence the Tums, right? Oh, hence the, yeah. The, I think, I, I mean, I would, I've been into a situation, I'm not kidding you, where I've actually rolled around on a gas, gasoline station bathroom floor. I was in so much pain. You know how much pain that yeah, is. Yeah, no, no, that's real. That's real. That's real. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, oh. Um, and that is, it's, um, it's, it's my body reacting to some sort of panic mm-hmm. that it's, there's like a dumb waiter that goes from <laughs> my brain down to my gut and I need to cut off the spiline. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, or <laughs> allow myself to feel all those things so that they're not toxic. They're just feelings. Okay. Yeah. Right. So this is like alchemy. What we, in, what we think is poison, we need to transform. So that, because it's going to keep dripping. The stuff from our head drips into our heart, drips into our body. It's not poison. It's not bad, but we have to transform it. So that way it doesn't kill us. Okay. So that's like the process of ulcer. So I was, um, I think in eighth grade and I was having bloody ulcers. That's really young. And that's like, there's a lot of things wrong when we see that in a junior higher and call that ulcer. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Internalized pain becomes physical symptoms and then we call it physical symptom. We ha- instead of cutting off the pathway, it's trying to get curious about what the heck is going on at the source of this poisonous place. Oh, yeah. And yeah, because it is, it's easy to just point to the reaction, yeah. like what's actually happening to your body mm-hmm. and forget about what got you there. Yeah. 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 I don't like going there. Okay. <laughs> tell me more. Tell me. Tell me more about that. Well, I think that what it does is it creates this cycle where the physical reaction becomes part of the fear of doing something in the first place. Mm. And so it can also be something I use as an excuse. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's how, you know, it's almost like if I could work towards eliminating that physical reaction Mm -hmm. to fear Mm -hmm. and that's, that can be anything that's walking into an appointment with a stranger. There's, I have, um, for a long time, I've just been like, it's social anxiety. Um, but it's true. It is one of those where anytime I am put in a position where I think that I might be judged harshly or make a big mistake or not be liked or received or understood, I have that reaction and it, and it varies in its, in its level, but for a long time it made it. So I just avoided it. Um, when I started my own company, 16 years ago, I said, I do not want to be in the business journal. I don't want, don't nominate me for that award. Don't, um, I wanted, I said, and I've said this to my entire staff over years. And when I would hire people, I'm like, it's important for me when people think about um, what we do here, that they they think about you guys, they think about velocity. I don't want my name to be known. And I never really thought much about why I felt that way, except for if you're known, then you're held up to scrutiny and you're, you fail all the time. And now your failures are going to be on a greener stage. And so it can vary from like me walking into a sales appointment with a CIO. I'm like, oh, this guy's super smart. And I'm going to say something stupid or it doesn't make sense. Or he's going to ask me about technology I don't mm-hmm. understand. 
Um, and that's going to give me anxiety. Um, all the way to you're going to do a LinkedIn in live event and people are going to be peppering you with questions. And so I've definitely been saying yes to a lot of things I used to say no to and being less afraid about Jennifer D. Hans here. Yeah. And Jennifer D. Hans started a business, not there's this company velocity that this person over here started. Mm-hmm. It took a while to get to this place. Um, but I still find myself shying away from certain things. Um, or not driving as much as in some ways I want to. It's like I feel myself revving the engine. Yes. Like I want it, I want it like go, but still there's just still just enough fear okay. that I've got to really get over. It's like I got over one of the humps. It's time to start getting over some cool. of the others. And I need to find where that momentum is. Like, how do I get Ooh. the next point? Oh, good, 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 good. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, it's, um. so there, there's an idea also that there's a different source of fuel, okay? So at some point in my life, what fueled me was fear or what fueled me was just trying to be better than the guy behind me or whatever. But eventually, right, that fuel can run out and it's like, that just doesn't drive me anymore. So then I'm stalemate. Like, what, what does drive me? And so then at that moment, there's typically a shift of people who either then outcycle that career and move into something else or they have to find a different renewable fuel source, which is actually me within, right? Right. Something without outside of me, I can't actually control or manage or sustain. And so those external sources of fuel begin to fade really quick. And it is okay that that's what got us started. But to sustain in the game this long, there is a sense of what is internally driving me. What and where is my own rocket fuel? And I need to go back through and read all my stuff. Yeah. Because that's one of the things I find. I Sometimes I have to go back and be reminded of some of the exercises we did because it did allow me to get into a certain space. And it's, let's face it, everything's a muscle. It's like mm. when you've been working out, when you've been working out all the time, it's a lot easier to do 10 burpees. Right now, if somebody said do 10 burpees, <laughs> I'd be like, just shoot me in the head, it's over. It's <laughs> not going to happen. <laughs> I do recognize yeah. that a lot of these things are exercises that need to happen. Yeah. And so it's easy for me to say, I'm here because of a series of events. I'm here because I had a catastrophic domino effect of loss in my life that led me to a friend introducing me to a book to read. And I read that book. And then she said, Hey, do you want to go to this conference with me? And I said, yes. And that introduced me to you and weekends Mm -hmm. and then going on that weekend. And I realized my husband said something to me. He goes, imagine where you're at in your space right now and all this progress that you're seeing in so many aspects of your life. Imagine had you done this, 25 years ago, like I wasn't ready. I Thank have you. no problem with the fact that I'm just hitting kind of my stride at 50. Mm-hmm. I have no problem with that. And I, I don't, I'm not busy blaming myself for it. I'm not wondering why and what if, because quite frankly, I just wasn't ready for it. A series of things mm-hmm. had to happen for me to wake up in such a way to say, I don't like my life. Like That's this right. Anymore. <laughs> yes. Okay. So I will, I'm going to backtrack that for a second with you and let you know, I talked to a woman who is 62 today who started her career at 57. And then another woman who is 67 today and who is like the, one of the most badass women I know. So age, numerical numbers, right? With that are, is so outside of the realm of what we're actually doing here. Some people yeah. never start. Some people never look. Some people never do this work. 
I don't care what mm-hmm. age you are. The fact that you're doing it makes you a brave, brave, brave woman. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I do. I think back, you know, there's certain things that um, I can look and say, you know, no, I don't blame myself for that. And no, I'm not worried about the coulda, shoulda, woulda. Mm-hmm. I'm here and now. And I feel like that's a really great place to be. And so I feel like that foundation's good. I think what I need to do is like, it's like you said, you know, that fuel that took me to this place may not necessarily be the fuel that I need to get the next one. I need to find ways to tap into understanding what that is and then actually foster it and getting it going. And and calling that good in growth rather than something is wrong with me and I'm burning out and this is bad. Yeah. Right. Because what tends to happen is we accuse ourselves of growth. We're like, oh, this isn't working the way that it used to. It's like, yeah, because you're outgrowing that season or phase. (laughs) And of course, that doesn't sustain you anymore. You're growing. Uh This is evidence of a good thing, not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. It's good. It is. And it's with um, with all of this that's happened with COVID. Yes. um, Two of my biggest clients ended up having to let go of all their contractors, hundred percent of them. And two of these clients are ones I've worked with for many, many okay. years. And they comprised probably about 50% of my business. Okay. And then I had other clients who needed to find cash over time. So over the course of the last eight weeks, I've lost about 85% of my business. Okay. And I, I, the panic that I felt is I, I literally spent a, an entire day, phone call after phone call after phone call, call, calling people. And what resonated with me was I'm calling employees and talking with them about how their contract positions have been eliminated and they're asking me how I'm doing. And I thought, Ooh, I've, I've done something right. This is great. Like I allowed myself to really, instead of in that experience, I thought I'm not, I can't control this. We're before I would have been beating myself up, like what, what could I have changed? What could I do different? Instead, I'm like, I'm not in control. These are the things that I can control. These are the gifts that I can give and I need to start giving them. And once all those phone calls happened and we really started to look at the business, I thought my business could fail. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, it wouldn't. I'd just be back at my kitchen table at the bottom of the mountain I've already climbed before. And now I know where all the boulders and where all the missteps are and the sand traps. I can get back up there. And I looked and my husband and I said to myself, I said, you know, what's weird. I'm not scared. I'm just not scared. I'm like, it does. It's never occurred to me for one minute that we're not going to be fine. It's my heart hurts for people who are affected in a way that, they don't know they're going to be fine. That's right. And so it was kind of another one where I'm like, cha-ching, yeah. grow, yes. something that happened. Resilience. This is resilience, <laughs> yes. right? Wait, mm-hmm. I know this. Hey, I know this. I'll know I'll be fine. <laughs> Mountaintop or valley low, right? I know yeah. how to climb. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And now I've got to get to, <laughs> okay, I think that's where some of now, that's where I'm like, okay, know this. And I, I've taken such a positive attitude towards this, uh, the right attitude towards yes. it. Now there's that part of me that's like, okay, how long is it going to take? Do you have the energy sure. for it? Good question. What scares you? What's, yeah. how's it going to work? What's it going to look like? And a little bit of me creeps like, what do, what do other people think about the fact that you've lost so much of your business? Totally. Are you being judged? 
do, do they think that you're a fool, that you're silly? And so I have to try to find ways to harness those little voices. I know I'm going to, I know I'm going to build back up. I know I can be successful. I know I'm going to be okay, but I need to turn off those voices that give a crap about what anybody else thinks about That's it. right what it looks like so the, and we did this like that triangle at weekends right like what i think about what i think about me what others think about me and what i think others think about me okay right <laughs> yes. and it sounds like you're in box three what i think others are saying about me is that is they're talking negatively about my business but do we know that that's what's happening do we know that Oh, no, oh. everybody's in, everybody's trying to go through the same storm. They're so busy looking at, it's like when you go bowling or you play golf and you think everybody thinks your backswing's horrible. They're so busy trying to figure out what they're going to do mm -hmm. and what their strategy is. They're not paying attention. Mm -hmm. It's my mouth knows that and my soul knows that, okay. but my brain needs to okay. shut up. Okay. So then that's, <laughs> that's, so now we're talking about anchoring because, the, and this is what like, I think maybe we've talked about before, which is, you know, and you know, and you know, and you know, and you know, but there's a part of you somewhere that's just not getting it. Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> exactly. So sometimes I think about this and just bear with me, um, like a hostage negotiation where I, <laughs> when I think about the, those, the, the things within me that I need to exchange. And I think about those as being little hostages. And then at some point I need to negotiate. If I give you this, will you let out two of those people? If I give you this, will you, right? And so I, I think about it and I, and it feels that intense, but there is this ratio and this buildup within you that I have this many messages and this many messages will always belong to me. And at some point, in order for me to let go of those hostile messages, I need to exchange that for something else that will replace that vacancy within me. So if I'm going to let out something or let in something, I need to know what I'm exchanging, maybe like a one-to-one -one ratio. So if I accept that I actually am a brilliant woman who is successful in business and that people like, <laughs> then what do I need to let out? in order to allow that all the way in. Yeah. So it's kind of that almost where I need to kind of sit down and the sun finally came back out. Mm, good. In a little Kansas City. It's been Maybe a little intimate. metetaphor for us too. <laughs> I know. Come back out. Um, so I, I think in some ways I need to take an inventory, like good. actually just write it good. out and look at it mm -hmm. and mm -hmm and kind of do the, and that you made such a great point. Um, I think that for such a long time, I knew that I had um, validation in my life, that I had people who cared about me, people who th think that I'm um, some of the characteristics or qualities that I want them to think that I am. And they would tell me or say it, but I couldn't absorb it. That's right. It's like I was tough on and mm -hmm. it was just slide right off. And internally, I'm lonely. I'm thinking, I wonder if people like me. I'm wondering if they appreciate me. When they're standing right there in your face going, oh, my gosh, you are wonderful mm -hmm. and I appreciate you. But it's like I couldn't absorb and hear it. And it's become so, that's become so much better. I think I just need to take it to the next level and figure out how I can continue to do yes. that. I don't need all this junk in that space. Oh, I would rather fill that warehouse up with the good mm -hmm, stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, it takes one to know one. Okay. That's the only reason that I can like paint that out is because the amount of darkness that I would and hold within me 
I just thought there's no room. There's no room. I'm full already. So I can't possibly take in your good thing. Like I've got no space for it. And then it was like, okay, well, how can I make space? Like, is there a way that maybe if I took literally, I thought about this compliment or this reflection that someone gave me, what am I going to choose to consciously release? Is it a certain memory? Is it, is it some other words someone else has spoken to me? Is there something that I could say, okay, I'm, I'll trade that out today. I'm going to take in these words. I'm going to take out those. Yeah. And that's, I think I do. I, I get a lot out of like writing things down yes. and looking at them and that process of mm-hmm. just sometimes it's the catharsis of just writing that's it right. out in the first place, but being able to go back and look at it and review it. And like I said, you know, we started talking about um, maybe your perception or a word or a target that you wanted to get at the beginning point of a journey. Yeah. Get to the end and you look at it, you're like, why the heck did I think that? <laughs> Sometimes that process of writing stuff down and I need to get, I have, I have 10,000 notebooks. Me too. Me too. <laughs> paper, like you would not even believe I need to. And that's one of the things that um, I also need to figure out a way to take that time. I think that's the other is okay. um, I'm usually somebody who, who needs some of her alone time. Like I am so used to having kind of quiet time house to myself or space to myself. And we really haven't had an opportunity to do that in the last couple of months. And it's preach. like, I love you. Preach but a word. <laughs> yes. But you everywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there are, there are millions and millions of people around the world going, I love you. Get out. Totally. Get out. Bye. <laughs> and it's even so much as, you know, just even the energy, it's like, it's almost like you need to be in your own space and the people that you love and the people that you count on, if their energy is even in the same space, it's almost like it's interfering. That's right. That's right. For me, I need to find, you know, as the world's starting to open up a a little bit, just find that quiet time for myself because that is probably where I have the most clarity. Good, Jen. Hi, you guys. Elise here, your podcast host for TrailerCast podcast. And I just want to take a quick moment to let you know that TrailerCast is also available on Patreon. And if you don't know what Patreon is, it's a special community for creatives. And it is a way to support the people that are behind the microphone or um, on the Zoom call or, or doing these things called podcasts. So if you have um, been affected by TrailerCast and feel like contributing to the show and the making of the show, um, I'd be grateful. So if you are interested, you can check out trailercast.com or search us on Patreon. Thanks, guys. So, okay, so what you're, you're kind of coming upon is there is awareness and then there's action. Okay. I realize I become aware that what I really need for growth is time. And a place to do that writing, which you are such a beautiful writer, so it would make sense that you would crave that place to do your process, okay? And you're also getting it outside of yourself, which is part of that alchemy process we were kind of discussing, which is the way that I transform this pain to some form of profit is by processing through it in a way that it becomes clear rather than more murky. That has to come into action if it's ever going to be lasting experience, So awareness, action, awareness, action. And that to me sounds like the process of walking, right? 
awareness. Mm-hmm. That's how we move then. Awareness, action. I see that. I need to do something with it. I see it. I got to figure out. I'm going to incorporate that into my life. So I like watching you move all the way through that sequence of, okay, now I actually got to do the thing. Yeah, I can talk about it all day long. I have to, I have to do the work. Funny thing, if you, yeah, yeah, it's so true. And it's so funny because when you were talking about, um, you know, take, making making space and making choices about what to absorb and what to hold yes. on to, what I almost envisioned this giant plate, and it had like bacon macaroni and cheese with extra cheese melted on the top and then like a side of old moldy beans Mm. and I'm like why do I keep eating the beans when I could be having this delicious Mm -hmm. bacon cheddar mac right now (laughs) okay so this this is so funny because remember okay at weekends part of it was like let's eat this really delicious food so we can remember that when we eat something really good we don't want to feast on crap anymore whether that's food or thoughts or feelings or relationships or patterns or whatever when I taste the good thing and I eat my fill to the total full I realize god that other stuff's not even appealing to me anymore exactly I couldn't like, stomach it yeah it's so true yeah. so <laughs> sometimes the work is to feast it's to mm-hmm. feast on what you know is good and true and beautiful and let yeah, it all the way in and lots of good bacon cheddar mac and cheese Amen to that. <laughs> that is the one meal that I have driven for during quarantine was that exact meal is it really uh-huh. i was like do you know what i need that i need cheesy mac and cheese from craft house and i am going in to get it <laughs> i'm face planted yeah. up against mm-hmm. the glass yeah. Yeah. and then i didn't even take it home i drove myself to a place to eat it alone yeah and I was like, that's... And it was the best thing ever, wasn't ever. it? <laughs> I was like, this is delicious. And I deserve oh, every yeah. bite of this. <laughs> 100%. And it's funny because I think that this time, um, I'm, I'm somebody who worries and stresses a lot about other people. I, it just is, um, I just, I just do. Um, probably more than I should because I have to realize that there's an element of support um, and then an element of, of letting things take over you have that you have no control of, nor should you. Yeah. Um, but through this process, I've seen how many people have um, that are in my world and how they've adapted to the crisis, whether it's stress and anxiety, um, job loss, time, time with family or time away from family. And not just the anxiety about the situation we're in, but being in close quarters with other people, not having space, not having time. And it also made me realize uh, how lucky I am to have a foundation of safety and a foundation of calm and um, being able to kind of be forward thinking. And so the other thing that I'm learning I have to do is I do through this, this situation, know several people going through catastrophically difficult situations. Um, domestic violence or um, severe job loss to a point where they might lose their home. And I think the other thing is, is I need to not, there's only so much I can do to be of help. I'm not in control of those situations and find a way to not let the anxiety of those situations overcome me as well. Perfect. Yep. So that is um, my awareness gets so big. I can't actually take the action step. 
So I need to temper how much I'm actually taking in and make sure I do a little something. So that person I know who's going through domestic violence, I need to take action right away before I continue to go down the rabbit hole of all the other global atrocities that are happening right now. Because if I keep doing that, I'm actually never going to do anything because I'm going to be so overwhelmed by all that's happening in the world that I can't move. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've been there. It's it's one of those, again, it goes back to, I love being a go-to person. Yeah. I love that people trust me and that they that they feel safe and that they feel like they're going to get loved and cared and action that will be meaningful and helpful. Mm-hmm. But I also get overwhelmed because then my phone rings off the hook. That's so real. And yeah, you... You might have some two in there, actually. (laughs) That's a classic monologue of... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so it's kind of that balance. And I, I, on Mm. the domestic violence situation, the first thing I did was say, here's somebody who runs a domestic Mm -hmm. violence shelter. I'm not saying you have to go there. I'm not saying that. But I'm not equipped. I'm way over my head in dealing with this, except for to tell you I love you and and here, get some help. and then the phone calls keep happening and I, I need to figure out how to get better boundaries Good. of how to be helpful and supporting without letting it take over I don't, everything. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. again, I'm not qualified to take care of some of these things, certainly, but I also, I don't know. I, I, I can't, I can't take it all on because I got my own junk too. Totally. So it's like, where's, where's the line? Yeah, How yeah, do yeah, I yeah. That is? Good, that's good. The, where I'd want to like dance on with that is that there's a difference between internal boundaries and external boundaries. So um, my external boundaries might be, I only respond to those types of crisis calls between nine and four <laughs> or only on Thursdays at 10 a.m. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like my boundary might be that specific, but my internal boundary is, I also am going to be in charge of how much that affects my internal world. And that is a true muscle. That is a true, true muscle that I cannot, I will not feel more about this than you. I can't because they'll sink me. And if there's 30 people depending on you, that's too much for one person. So internal boundaries, external boundaries, and I can, I'll list some resources for that to read about that. When you said I'm, I like, I can't, like you're like equipped um, and over your head on that. I actually don't think that's true. Okay. So the the reason I don't is because anytime someone's asking for help, the only person who can help them is actually themselves. But when they come to you or a therapist or a hotline is there to saying, Hey, do you believe me? Is this bad enough to actually do something? Validation. Yeah. And when we say, yes, I believe you. And by the way, domestic violence only gets worse then and I support you doing what you need to do. How can I help? Yeah. We will always return people to n- trust that what they know is that it is as bad as they think that it is. You- that totally makes sense. And and I think that I have to, again, it goes back to the cycle mm-hmm. of, of saying, being invisible yeah. and wanting to be seen and controlling how you're seen. It's like, the validation you get from people coming to you and wanting to help mm-hmm. and being the first person to go running to the rescue yeah. because it feels good. There's an endorphin that comes from that and it feels great to be needed and it feels great to be wanted. And um, then the other part of it is, is at what point do you run so far out of mm-hmm. steam that it's not good for anybody? Yep. And I do recognize, I think for me, it's part of that people pleasing. Mm-hmm. It's part of that um, validation that I'm a good person, validation that um, I'm a go-to person mm-hmm. And yeah. so I probably run into the fire a little bit too much because mm-hmm. 
I get the high of, oh, I'm needed. But at the same time, at the end, I end up exhausted because I've put so much forth and then I have to retreat. Yes, yes, yes. And so our goal would be to temper that so that way it's less high, low, high, low, and just a kind of a constant middle. Okay. The like sometimes I'll refer to that as like there's like a leaky bottom syndrome where it's like all the, the like stuff that's poured in you just leaks straight out the side so it doesn't even matter like it's leaking at the bottom it's not even staying in the pot right and so what we need to do is kind of like plug <laughs> that space so that way you're able to like actually pour into yourself and let it stay so oh yeah when you watch what your capacity is that will change based on the circumstances so Often, we're also in a global pandemic, so the world is freaking upside down right now. Let's just acknowledge that, okay? Very much so. (laughs) There will be times where you are the person who is the first responder who runs towards the fire because you can. And we know you can. You are a highly qualified, highly equipped, highly functional woman who can do that, okay? And there are times where you will choose not to because you know that you have already put out 89 fires this morning and one more is too much. And that doesn't make you bad, okay? And you're still a first responder. <laughs> and I've got to remember, not every problem is mine to solve. Well, actually, none of them. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> See, there you go. You're bringing me. She's reining me back in. <laughs> not, none of this is yours. You're totally free to choose what you want. Yeah. You don't have to, but you get to if you want to when you've taken care of you. Yeah. And I think, like you said, understanding the gift of just like validation, acknowledgement, Mm -hmm. um, air, Mm -hmm. um, that doesn't mean that I have to take it across the finish line. Mm -hmm. It's, it's finding the balance of how to be supportive in a way that doesn't immerse me. That's right. That's right. That's the internal boundary. That's what you, that's exactly what it feels like what you just said. Okay. I can. All right. Yes. Right. (laughs) I can be involved, but not to the point of immersion, which we would also probably call sinking. (laughs) Okay. Exactly. It's weird. It's getting really, really murky at the bottom of the ocean here. Funny thing, I'm having a hard time breathing. (laughs) I didn't realize I couldn't breathe underwater. I've been down here a long time. Oh yeah. 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 I um. I I. I think the great thing was about a week and a half ago, I finally, um, I finally just lost it. And I allowed myself to you. like, you know what, yes. um, this, this situation sucks. That's right. Um, all the stuff that's happening to friends and family sucks mm-hmm. Things that are happening in the world sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, how people are treating each other in many circumstances sucks yes yes keep going yes (laughs) and it was one of those days where i was like i'm going to allow myself to feel all the suckability and suck assness Mm -hmm. that's going on and be okay with just i took a mental health day i called um, for you team one of my team members called and she's just like i called with good news like I've got great news. Um, we we were able to secure a PPP loan, which is a huge, huge. thing for us yeah. being able to to um, to really get through this time. And I was expecting her to be like, "Yay!" And she just starts bawling. And I'm like, "Okay, you're overwhelmed." I'm like, "I thought that would be great news." <laughs> and she's like, "It is, but I'm gonna kill the kids, and oh. I'm gonna kill the husband, and I'm overwhelmed, yeah. and I'm worried about work." And I'm like. No, it's not important today. You need to back off. And I said, you know what? In fact, I'm going to do the same thing. We're taking the day off. Love. Good for you, leader. Look at you. 
oh yeah. I'm like, it'll be there tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And it was great to just kind of wallow in the suckiness of Isn't it all. The and then truth. I woke up the next morning. I'm like, all right, get back on the stick, girl. It's time to get walking forward again. <laughs> <laughs> when you embrace what is actually happening, the full extent of it, right? Like then we don't have to be a, like suffer to it. I'm not a victim to it because I was like, you know what? Fine, I'll just yeah, I'll sit with the suck. Fucking sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay. I'm so used to. I um, unfortunately we eat out a lot. We just do. I'm like, all my favorite restaurants are shut down, yeah. and the people that we get to know at those That's places right. aren't working. Um, my my two boys that are in college, they um, both have struggled in years past with their grades, and both were having this kick ass run like mm. last semester A's like A's and maybe a B or two this semester they were both going full steam ahead I mean when you have a 19 year old that says I love getting good grades I'm like hey you know <laughs> hey I, I don't expect you to get all A's I expect you if you work your butt off yeah. and you're that whole effort gives you a C I'm proud of you mm-hmm. and he's like I want good grades. I'm like, holy shit. And then all of a sudden the world shuts down and the university says, well, um, we're just going to make the semester pass fail. And you've got two kids that normally probably would have been like rock out both down in the dumps. Like, what do you, I've been working my ass off. And now you're all that beer drinking that I missed out (laughs) on parties. I didn't go to yeah, the fights I got into with my <laughs> girlfriend because I couldn't spend time with her were for nothing. Yeah. And so it was kind of this domino effect of just being like, I just want to sit at the corner of the bar at the other place and have a big old greasy slice of pizza and a cold beer. I want to high five my sons for having A's and B's and getting towards their degrees. I want all these things to be normal and uh, it's just not going to mm. be. And that's okay. That's right. So, that's right. Yay. That's right. Jen. And we all need that day. That was a good tantrum. Doesn't it feel good? It doesn't it feel so, I think, oh man, but you know, it's, um, that, is it a tantrum? I'm like, God, you know, that feels like, that feels like honesty. It feels like freedom. It feels like an adult calling BS on what it is. I'm like, this is nothing to solve. I'm not, like I said, there's no queen of quarantine. I'm just, just, this is true. Just gonna call it what it is. This sucks. This totally sucks. Yeah. yeah just to be the most real about it. So this is just what this is. Oh yeah. I think there's a part of me that's a little nervous about what things look like going back. I've yeah, I've been able to kind of hide behind us a couple of things, like being able to be at home, yeah. um, being a little bit more in control in conversation and contact because it's more remote. It's not sitting across from mm-hmm, that person. Mm-hmm. It might be Zoom calls mm-hmm. or phone calls, which kind of takes a little bit of that stressor out. Um, but there's a part of me that recognizes that a lot of the things that I need to do um, that are the real work yeah. and not yeah. that I haven't really yeah. been working, yeah. but the, the really big steps to climb up this mountain again, they're waiting for me as the world opens up. So there's a part of me that's like, okay, I want the restaurants and bars to open, but can we not make us do anything else? Totally. And then totally. I, I, totally. So what if you gave yourself that? What if you gave yourself your own re-entry code that I'm only going to go to the bar and then I'm coming home. I'm like, <laughs> like, or whatever your version of it is. But if you're like, you know what? My re-entry is going to mean this. This is what it's going to be. You're an adult. Yeah. yeah. You're, and then I can, I think a big part of it is, is taking kind of measured steps about um, comfort level. And it goes back mm-hmm. to, again, those 
those, the momentum and those muscles that were helping me put myself out there more, saying yes to doing these networking things, saying yes to these opportunities that put me in places that made me, me nervous, but I learned something from, and I felt like I was contributing something to that really does feel good. I recognize just like working out, those are muscles and I've allowed them to kind of be a little bit complacent over the last couple months. Sure. So I think I've got to definitely maybe put together a phased approach on what re-entry in the world looks like. I love it. Like. I love it. And we don't do it all in one day. This didn't happen in one day. We don't do this in a day. We are gracious and compassionate in the way that we enter a different world than the one we left. So I have to be nice to myself. That's right. <laughs> You're saying not beat myself up about no. stuff. No. Out, oh, yeah. Outgrow that. Outgrow yeah. that. It's again, it's amazing where I am at now from where I was and so much of it was understanding, understanding where that thought process came mm -hmm, from mm -hmm. and understanding that there were things that I didn't even know were going on in the background and kind of recognizing them. Yes. So I think what I would love to do is take some of those exercises and again, Good. hopefully Bali. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't want to wait till October, but maybe some of the exercises yeah. I think I might be able to do for myself. It's right. reenacting those in yes. this new place that I am. Yes. This is the whole point, right? We talked about that even then the, um, replicability of, I learned this, I can do this for myself. And that's the point. So again, you know, put it on the calendar. You have the awareness, get into action. You know that you can try this activity. You know that you can use some of those tools. Go for it, girl. You're free. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. When we went on the, um, when we went on our walk, yep. um, and remember, I don't know if you remember, but I came up the hill and I told you I had a, had a major mm -hmm. epiphany. Oh yeah. I have the shells <laughs> even now. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. It was, it was unbelievable. It was one of those, I was like, I had, I just found the piece of the puzzle that I was looking for and understanding why I behave a certain way. And interestingly enough, so much of it had to do, it was surrounding um, a certain, certain type of communication I would have with my husband. I'm blessed. He is one of the most supportive, amazing men. We are a perfect, like crazy pair, I love it. Um, but he deals with when he's trying to be supportive. Um, I will, I will either lash out or I'll retreat. So he's the guy that, um, was really, really supportive of me starting my own business. He's the one that's always like, you could do it, push boundaries. You're doing great you know, get up on that stage and talk to 500 people and he'll say stuff like you can have an $11 billion company if you want. And then I'm like, no, thank you. But what I've learned was um, when he would provide all of that support, I felt like I had something I had to live up to right. like, Oh, he's got these expectations on me and he sees me in a certain way. And what if I can't live up to that? And that vulnerability would come into play. And when that vulnerability came into play, I get, get fight or flight. So he's telling me you're gorgeous and you're the smartest person in the room that I could ever imagine. And you could rule the world. And I'm like, you're an asshole. Leave me alone. Right, Cause you're like, now I have to be gorgeous and the smartest woman in the room. And I have to be right. It's a prescriptive <laughs> of what you're hearing. Yeah. And it was interesting because it was a physical reaction that would lead to a verbal reaction because he would say that. And I could feel the fear right. and the anxiety and that would turn into anger building up into me. And it was literally on that walking trail and kind of emotionally thinking about why I act and react that way I do and feeling vulnerable and open. And this poor, adorable, sweet family comes walking into my personal space 
And I thought it was going to be Kung Fu fighting. I mean, it was bad. Like Chuck Norris was coming out and I felt myself enraged and like stomping away. And I thought this poor couple and their five-year-old daughter that are trying to enjoy a beautiful beach walk want to know why this complete biatch just stormed away, <laughs> kicking up rocks, acting like hell just froze over. And it hit me like in that moment, I'm like, somebody entered in my vulnerability space. You walked into my space when I was emotionally vulnerable and you had no idea what was going on. And I remember having that conversation with John. I'm like, I, I, you're the person that you're going to be. And I promise that I'm going to work on how I react, which is not that fight or fight. But when I had that conversation with him, I'm like, when you do that, it makes me feel like you're peering into me and you are seeing the very fears that I have in my life. And that is the scariest place. I don't like seeing it. I don't want anybody else to see it. So I tend to run and it was weird because you could see the little light bulbs yes. going off over his head. And you know what we have had where we would kind of go through that cycle, maybe once every four or five months, we'd have a blow up. Um, it's only happened once since then. Come on. And it actually happened the other day. And what it was is um, I, it was on my kind of negativity day yeah. and I'm like, but I just can't, I don't know if I'm going to build this back up again. And he's like, no, you could do it. You could rule the world. And I looked at him. I'm like, don't you fucking say That's that. right. Back up. <laughs> back up, buddy. Yeah. Kind of growled at each yeah. other a little bit. And it was funny because what used to become this big blow up yep. became this tempered, like, hey, we talked about this. You know, I love what you're, what you're saying, but instead of you counteracting my, I'm, I'm scared, I don't think I can do it with, you can do it. Mm -hmm. You can do more than anything. Come at me and say, you know, Hey, I'm sorry. You're feeling that way. We'll get through this. You know, yeah. I, don't put the expectation up That's here. Right. So actually we had a, two little ones, but they were tiny. It was funny because the neighbor came over and he said, how have you guys been? Cause we had not spent any time apart from each other since the middle of February. Oh we had gosh. gone together. Oh yeah. <laughs> this is a lot of together time. Neighbor said, how are you guys doing? John goes, we're great. We've actually only gotten an argument twice. And the second argument was actually the same thing we'd argued about the night before, but I think we'd had a pitcher of margaritas and we totally, <laughs> we'd already argued about it. <laughs> it's so good. So but what used to be like yes. age and sleeping yeah. in separate bedrooms yep. and then waking up the next morning going, what is this about? It's more of a, hey, don't, don't do that. Oh. And so having that progress from one moment, yeah. one moment where mom and dad and a poor unsuspecting kid got to watch me act like a complete no. asshole. It, that, <laughs> I just so you know, that is like, that walk is sacred. The, the real life moments like there's no plan there's no way we could we didn't set the family down there upon you like, do you know what i'm saying it's like the most unbelievable moments come from those women who have taken that walk and been like oh wait a second wait a second wait a second wait a second this is me <laughs> this is more than this moment this is a really important thing and it's true it's like all of a sudden it starts firing and it's like <gasps> Okay, I see it. And now that I see it, I actually realize it. I'm like, okay, well, I don't think I like that. Yeah. That's kind of not so pretty. I think I need to change that. <laughs> and how cool that I can. Mm -hmm. I think that's the big piece, too, is that recognition. It's like, okay, now that I know what it is, yeah. now that I can look at it and see what the thing is that I don't like mm -hmm. or that isn't serving me, and I can actually see what could and would and should be serving me. I really, it's up to me to do something about yeah. it. And I can. Yeah. 
and taking the action, you know, again, it's the hard, it's kind of the hard part, yeah, but at the is. same time, just having the knowledge. So even if you have that moment, you can go back and look and say, even though I'm not taking the action, I should, this is where I should be. And I know this mm-hmm. and I'm working on it. Yeah. And I know the difference and I'm so, it's so much, it's so much better to be in clarity than in the confusion of what the heck, this just cycle, 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 pattern, pattern, pattern. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's even, it's interesting how I'm blessed with some of the most amazing friendships. Like I, I have some deep sisterhood level friendships mm-hmm. where, um, we have been able to come to each other with some of some very dark things and work through them together. And I recognize sometimes, um, for me, for me having aha moments and change, making some of these incremental changes, I realize that I'm going to be a different person. I may be a different friend. Mm-hmm. What is that going to look like? Mm-hmm. And so there was a part of me, um, you know, I think I did some inventory. I think a lot of us had done some inventory about um, relationships that really are meaningful and, the, and bring purpose to you and, and that you add value to each other. Yep. And it was the other thing that I came home with is, is this is a, a relationship that's toxic, a, a friendship that's not really a friendship, yeah. it's not serving me. And a big part of that came out because some of the transformations in myself and some of the aha moments were my true friends were saying, yes, sister, yes, you're finally getting it. And these are things that we see in you. We're so excited to see you growing and so excited to see that smile on your face and they're celebrating that. And then you have that person or persons over here that, that either don't get it or don't like it. And you realize, well, maybe you had a time in my life and you don't anymore. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of these aha moments have just made, luckily, my friendships, my marriage, my relationship with my family so much richer so I'm kind of like, ooh, what's next? Like, if I can keep growing right. and keep getting better um, with how I manage and handle things and lose some of the fear, mm-hmm. how much better, stronger can it be? And that's exciting. And that is limitless. Oh, yeah. That's the infinite. That's the potential energy, right? That's the as big and as wild and as wonderful and as deep and as whole as you want it to be. And I get to enjoy it. I, I, I'm ready to go of the guilt. Like there was a lot of time where I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, how did I get this great life? How did I, how did I, how did I land jelly side up? <laughs> like, this doesn't make sense. I don't deserve it. And then you come to a point where you're like, yeah, you do. I'm so much better about being okay with having a really joyful life yes. and a lot of wonderful things Yes. Um, and to stop questioning it so much and just enjoy it. Just be a part of the party. Heck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pour yourself one and enjoy the party. Be a part of what's exactly. happening. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. So yeah. what, what are you walking with today? What is, bring it home. What is, what is the thing that you want to walk away with? I think that recognizing, um, that some of the exercises I've done in the past could be building blocks for me recognizing okay. some of the things I need to do for the future, okay. but that, Certainly that it may take a different fuel to get there. Mm -hmm. I think I need to recognize what that is. What are some of the things that I could be doing? And I think writing things down, really talking about some of the things that I need to swap out, like swapping out some of the negatives for the positives and looking at how I can change some of the 
narrative that I have going into situations that frighten me um, and that feed that negative side of me that I don't want to have looming around. Um, so I think a lot of it's going to be me really taking that time where I can be in solitude and in my own head and in my own soul and um, doing a lot of writing and walking through that and even going on finding a space here. We've got so many great parks and great places to be. Now they're not on the beach, but they're beautiful. Um, and really kind of maybe looking at how I can take that walk and that exercise to apply it to some of the things that I've got going on. So I just need to take the action and get my, okay. get my brain around really realizing what, what I'm thinking and okay. feeling. Not just like I've got a tummy ache when That's I do right. this, getting me there. Yes. Um, so that I can really start to tackle how I can, temper it and maybe good. even help it go away good good okay homework that is so the, and that was also that was also like a like like a bullet array of a million <laughs> things okay so yeah. so your first pass is i'm everything that just came up is all those things now i'm going to probably prioritize and then edit which one am i going to do first which one am I probably never going to do if I'm really honest with myself? Which one, am I, you know, which one, what do I, and then what do I need to do these things? So I need time or I need space. I need to say things. I need a boundary. I need a book. I need a, I need someone to check back in on me. Like, so that's a huge, that's a big plan now. Yeah. Put it into a step. My, okay. Right. I know I was, I'm, uh, I'm always one that likes, that takes too big of a bite. <laughs> so I, I hear you. I hear you again. Takes one to know one. So it's like, yeah, I'm just like, I, I just, yeah, it gets super grand and it's like, good. The grandness is what is the driving force. And now come back to the, you know, the 10 foot perspective, which is what's my next step. Yeah. Okay. I think the thing that's giving me the most anxiety is re-entry back into the, the world okay. as things open up. And I think a big part of it is because that's, that's looming now like with the good, next good. week. A lot of the businesses are opening yep. back up. Um, there's going to be more opportunity where I need to be going to the office mm -hmm. and going and doing some of the things that I need to do. So I think what I need to do is really put together a short term Love it. goal of, okay, what is next week going to look like good. on the 14th? What's my plan? Perfect. Look at that. Right. Yes. What time am I going to wake up? Where am I going to go? What's my plan? Mm -hmm. Get it set up so there's not anxiety about what might happen during the day. Yes. And just try to keep it um, as the first step walking back in. Just even if it's just going into the office and getting organized and going through some mail Good. and just absorbing being in that yep. environment. And letting that be enough. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Is that a small enough step? Perfect. <laughs> yeah. And I just want you to know, no, no shame in all of the, the things. The big master list you came up with, Jen, is the list, okay? And I want to help you take it with like, oh, right, but I just, I, what do I need to do first? And so when the process is, I might go put all my things out there and then I need to pick one and say, this is where I'm starting. And yeah. sometimes it's what hurts the most or what bothers me the most, you know, and I'm gonna go attend to that and the rest of the things will get clear as I keep moving. Yeah, and I think that first step, each one of those steps, as I get through that, that first day and then through that first week, a lot of those situations that are going to start pre presenting themselves mm -hmm. are going to be ones that will allow me to say, okay, here's a situation that's coming up. This is what my normal reaction or my normal fear that's or right. how things I am feeling right now. That's and that right. might allow me to kind of naturally follow through that process and prepare for it as it's happening. Good, 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 good. I like the predictive monologue in that. Good. 
I'm almost sounding like a grown-up. <laughs> well, we can be grown-up sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Don't tell, don't tell anybody I'm a grown-up. I've been pretty much acting like a kindergartner the last eight weeks. I think that's the other thing. There's this, you know, our kids are grown, so we're, for the most part, empty nesters, and we've been doing driveway dinners with the kids and or Zooming and stuff like that. But for the most part, I've... I mean, seriously, we've pretty much just walked around naked. I and, love it. I love it. And just played. Eat, eat junk food yeah. and binge watch weird stuff. Yep. And, uh-huh. and it's been it's been great. And a part of me is like, the vacation's over. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, take what you want from this. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> take what you want. This is so true. I think that the walking around naked thing, oh, though, for me, um, I don't know. <laughs> Seriously, I am I am the woman who's been on Zoom calls where my husband no 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 oh oh oh, it's too good no you no oh it's too good you're oh that's so good I hope that those are recorded calls (laughs) and the the best the best part of it is is he'll be like oh crap you're like yeah yeah. I'm, I'm like I'm not even the master bedroom. I'm in our um, our youngest bedroom that I've pretty much taken over since. Um, I'm like, why do you shower in this shower? He's like, I don't, it's my man shower. Okay, okay. You can have your man shower. I've got my lady shower. It's too good. It's too good, Jen. I love it. I love it. Yeah. We'll take- I'm sorry if he's gone, or you'd get to see him in all of his glory. Yeah, no yeah. I was hoping that he would do a drive by or something. <laughs> I love it. Oh, the excitement. <laughs> okay, so can I check back in with you in a couple of weeks and see how you are? Absolutely. I'd love that. Okay. I love that, love that. And then again, I highly recommend go online, start watching. Like, I'm, go- I'm already going to uh, do the travel then- thing. I'm doing it. I'm, I'm already in it. I, I'm, I'm in so deep already, I can't even tell you. <laughs> I think the thing is, is um, it's something that, and all it gave me a little anxiety for a bit because a part of me was yeah. like, yeah. can I afford to do this totally. right now? Is this crazy? Yeah. Is timing going to make sense? Are we going to be able to go? Yeah. And I had to kind of settle down and go, well, we'll see. It's May. That's October. Right. We'll get there. Yeah. We'll see. So I've been trying to find the joyful points of it. And quite frankly, yeah, the videos do all of it. Choose your airline. Choose your seat. Look at the meals. Like, watch the flying. Oh, that's so cool. That's <laughs> so good. Fun. I'm going to do that tonight. My kids and I are going somewhere tonight then. <laughs> exactly you can almost make it like a little trip yeah it's on it's on the computer it's so good oh yeah oh well thank you this has been amazing it's just been good to see you it's really good to see you so much i i will never be able to discount ever um again the path that took me through about 18 months and really so much of it and again had you moved any order of it it wouldn't have worked i agree weekends happened when it needed to happen Mm -hmm. and the the things that came out of that are are so incredible and so valuable and i really appreciate and treasure that time and treasure those ladies that was such an amazing experience i hear you i i echo so much of that i don't know how else to explain it unless you've been there the just the sheer just magic of it all oh yeah. absolutely oh, it's brilliant yeah oh, well, yeah enjoy time with your kids thank you enjoy thank the, you enjoy your virtual travels thank you Ditto. and yeah just let me know um i would love to catch up with you yeah. that it gives me i am somebody who needs accountability cool. i can do that i'll check in so, yeah and be free jen you don't there's no task list there's no task master okay sounds good to me okay be safe ditto <laughs> 
Okay, so in my conversation today with Jen, I'm gonna fill you in a little bit of background information. So Jen came to one of the weekend retreats that I do here in Dana Point. And what weekends is, is it's kind of my process that I created in an effort to take people through their story to do a lot of work in a little amount of time. And so we work Friday through Sunday and every single minute of our time is planned on purpose in order to help you uncover everything that you need to in order to truly like gain the awareness that you need in order to take meaningful action in your life. And so when Jen and I are referring to weekends, that is what she means. It's the private retreats that I host. And then the the Bali reference is the wild women retreat that we are still planning on taking and going in October. Um, so that's the reference. And so when you're hearing it, just know that that is what that is. Um, some things I wanted to highlight in that episode are are one where we started, which is like this. She 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 qualified it for a moment the sense of like I've done some work, but I really still have my work. And it's like, yeah, one hundred percent. If we think that this is a finish line, that we will achieve some state of nirvana, then we're mistaken. There is no pill and there is no wand that is going to magically or mysteriously make everything go poof. Now, I wish that was not the case, but the reality is often when we open up our work, we realize that there's in fact more work and then there's more work and then there's more work. But once we start doing that, we realize that that work is just life. And I also have more beauty and more love and more fullness and more wholeness and more magic and more connection. And I start to just ebb and flow with that unfolding. So I want to say to you who are listening that if you are in your work and you have done your work, but there is like this echo or this reverberation of like, God, haven't I already dealt with this? Haven't I already done this work? It's like, yeah, probably. And here it is surfacing again. So what's the next lesson? What's 2.0? What's 3.0? What's next? As I go around and I often talk about it like a spiral staircase, was I circle around this space again, what is my next lesson? But this time I've got stacked in there experience and wisdom and know-how and resilience. And that was the part that Jen got to too, which I thought was so cool, was there was this moment of collapse and then this revelation of, wait a second, you know what I would do? I'd freaking climb up that mountain again, but this time I'd know what to avoid and what to do. And it's like, boom, got it. Um, Some other things that stood out to me, and I'd love to know what stands out to you, but it was the difference between remembering and knowing. And I want to flush this out and I'm hoping and I'm going to write this down, but it'll probably become its own podcast. But when I refer to the difference between remembering and knowing is remembering as a form of anxiety, as a form of association. So when I feel anxious, what I am feeling is a experience outside of time that connects me to all the other times that I have felt this exact same way. So when I feel anxious, I'm just remembering all the other times I felt totally out of control and panicked. The difference between what I remember and what I know is both their quality and their content. What I know is that, and in Jen's case, I'm a capable, qualified expert in my field who is entirely qualified to be up here. I'm a voice of reason and expertise and a woman in my own right. And so ask me anything. (laughs) That's what I know. And you see how different that sounds in anxiety, how different that feels, how different that looks. So the work to shift from anxiety to wholeness is how do I tell the difference between what I remember and what I know? And at that point to stand on what I know and to let that be the loudest, the loudest, the loudest. Part of 
the way that we undo that was then the hostage negotiation um, conversation that we got into as well. Um, what I am learning about myself in this series of conversations is that I <laughs> I feel connections to stories and metaphors, and I'm not gonna uh, I'm not apologizing or qualifying for it. I'm just noticing it, and I'm super amused at myself in that <laughs> in this process. With that being said, during quarantine, I watched all of Waco. Okay, if you haven't seen it on Netflix, it's a documentary on the real-life cult situation and the hostage negotiations that went super south. What happened as I'm watching Waco was I realized, I'm like, oh, God, that's kind of what it feels like, my internal reality. Like someone, some higher version of myself is like, hey, Elise, what if you gave up two abusive memories for some really positive feedback about work you're doing. And then I'm in there, my own cult leader, deciding, huh, okay, I think I could do that. And so I release the old abusive memories and I decide to let in the good, true reflection of the work I'm doing now today. And so, whatever, that's the metaphor that spoke to me. But I, I want you to think about how that could or would connect to your own story and what negotiations need to take place for you to release the hostage of memories and things that you have been harboring because you need to make room for something else. Also, you should probably just watch Waco. Okay. The next thing, and this is where we'll wrap up today, is this. What Jen is experiencing in quarantine is what so many of us are experiencing highs, lows, shitty days, freeing days, naked days, funny days, awareness days, action days, anxiety about the future days, depression days, like just like what the fuck days, all of that. So remember, we're not going back to anything. There is no back when it comes to re-entry post-COVID. The world as we know it will forever be different. We will be marked by this experience. Now, the pain and power in that is it sucks and we get to choose how we re-enter. So I want you to think about the difference between government and self-government. The government will issue you the phases on how to return safely. You can also do that for yourself. And that's what we were talking about at the end of our conversation was, what does self-governance look like? What policies do I want to instate within myself when I say, when I re-enter, here's how I'm going back. What do I want to take with me? What did I actually, okay, what did I actually love during quarantine? It's okay to love some things and hate some things and feel stuck and free all at the exact same moment. What am I taking back? Build your own plan. What do you want it to look like? At some point, there is an invitation to freedom here where we get to determine the way in which we return to a world that is totally different than the one that we left. My hope is that we go with eyes open, that we go with some awareness of, I get to make some choices here. I get to have both external and internal boundaries. I get to choose, I get to see, I get to say, and you do. You are an adult who gets to make choices about the world you create as a direct result of these last few months. I hope that the world that we create together is one of compassionate action and of true connection and of revelation that leads to true community. So my invitation, 
my my call to action, my thoughts for you post this episode, make your own quarantine plan, quarantine reentry. What stood out to you? What work do you want to do? Are you interested in like, oh, I want to do that, or I'm interested in that type of work? Let me know. Reach out. Find me, email me, find me on the internet, find me on Instagram. <laughs> Keep listening to this podcast. When we feel like an itch in response to these conversations, the itch is the invitation to the work that we have yet to do and know that you are worthy of doing that work, of going on the retreat, of having that phone call, of, of paying attention to the things that hurt. It is beautiful to continue to move through those things because that is what life is. It's this continual emerging and evolving and unveiling, and it only gets better. You're in the driver's seat. You can trust what you know, and that will eclipse all the things that you remember. Cheers. Thank you for listening to TrailerCast with Elise Snipes. Visit TrailerCast.com to listen to all of our recorded episodes, sign up for Patreon to offer support for the show and get access to group sessions, extra bonus episodes and content, and our private Instagram account where we continue to grow the TrailerCast community. Follow Elise on Instagram at EliseSnipes underscore collective and learn more about her work at EliseSnipes.com. Lastly, we'd love for you to take a moment and review the show on Apple Podcasts and share this episode with a friend. Cheers and see you next time.